The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Koal Investment Group and its staff. Koal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. The clinic is open. Good morning and welcome aboard both WISN Milwaukee and W. IBA in Madison, hosted by Jeff Kowal, live in studio, and Aaron Spitzner from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Boy, that's a mouthful. Good morning, guys. <laughs> Good morning, Paul. That's what we do. <laughs> that is that's what you us. do. I had to get it all in. Aaron Spitzner, welcome back. Thanks. Good morning. In fact, Aaron is one of the many voices, Jeff, that do market updates on both stations. Yep. On WIBA in Madison at 4.55 in the Vicki McKenna Show, and at 3 o'clock news block and five o'clock news block in the mark belling show we give you one minute what's going on in the market and and aaron spitzer does a wonderful job as does everybody else in the firm we try to let you know what's driving the market up or down that particular day uh is it a corporate report is it a uh, uh, earnings report is it a government report um uh, pandemic issues uh what's driving the market up or down that particular day then we wrap it up with the dow the s p 500 and tech heavy nasdaq every day Monday through Friday, 3 and 5 o'clock news blocks on WISN and 4.55 just before the news on WIBA in Madison. You now have locations, Jeff, headquartered in Waukesha, also in Port Washington, beautiful location with a view of Lake Michigan, and then a view of Highway 20 in Racine where Spitzner works. It doesn't get any better than that. (laughs) It's a beautiful road. It is a beautiful office. And they're, and they're bu- building a, a nice hospital across the street, too. So a lot of development down there. Is that right? Yeah. Did you hear the, the other uh, the news that came out, I think it was this week? There's rumors now that Foxconn could be uh, working with Apple to create the Apple car. Whoa. Is that right? And there's also rumors about Foxconn maybe working with Fisker to create their electric car. Yeah, I heard car. that. So there's kind of been both things in the news. Foxconn obviously is that denying would, a lot of everything. But that uh, wouldn't surprise me for. that Apple would be involved in some sort of electric vehicle. Especially yeah. with Foxconn because they create the iPhone. That's really cool stuff. Yeah. So not much has been said. A lot of it's speculation, but it's sure. it's some interesting uh, ter- turn of events down there. Yeah, but, but after, all the negative news about yes. Foxconn, and yet they've been, I think, pretty good corporate citizens so far, I, creating yeah. jobs. Don't and, you think we're lucky to have Foxconn in, in the state? Yeah. That's what we want. We want businesses coming to Wisconsin, not leaving yeah. the state. Uh, yes. So here's what we talk about, retirement. And we welcome your calls. If you've got questions for Aaron and Jeff, any retirement question. Now, we mentioned all those locations. You've got a great website, thekowalway.com. We take questions on retirement. Lines are open on the Econet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That is 414-799-1130. The sexy segment it's about wealth management and preservation, second half of the show. This one, it's an article that got me riled up. So I'll, it'll be interesting because it's about Elizabeth Warren's uh, wealth tax. And it says it could be good for investors. I said, what? How could that be? Yeah. That really bothered me. So I go through this article. Is and any I'm, tax good for anything? Well, I'm, I'm screaming at the stupid article while I'm reading it. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> Not yeah. literally, but just in my mind. So. Well. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the wealth tax. I, I I'm looking forward to seeing Jeff get riled up. You're a pretty steady <laughs> steady am. guy. I am. I think you have to be in your industry, right? If you overreact to every little ebb and flow in the market, yes. you're gonna go nuts. Yes, and we try to be pretty positive for our clients as well. Realistically positive. I mean, if something's going on in the market that's not 
uh, that, that can adversely affect their retirement or investment plan. We're certainly bringing that out in the open. But if you look at historically, it makes sense to be positive in our business because historically the markets have done well over the years. Yeah, there are going to be bumps in the road, though. Of, of course, you go back to 1929, Jeff, and you average it out. It's uh, pretty good stuff. Absolutely. Even if you take, like you mentioned, take into account the downturns in the market in 2000 and 2008, and even in earlier last year, it's bounced back completely. Um, I wanted to start, Paul, with uh, 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 this is from Fox Business. And it's uh, how do you compare? It says here's what adults in their 60s have saved for retirement, and how do you compare? Near retirees may be sitting on more money than you'd think. Again, this is from Fox Business. The coronavirus pandemic has taken a financial toll on a lot of people. Last year, millions of people lost their jobs. As a result, many had to cut back on their contributions. So, yes, indeed, um, people did put less in last year. And the CARES Act allowed some people to take money out without penalties. Uh, But, in fact, a recent survey of personal capital reveals almost 24% of Americans did, in fact, decrease retirement plan contributions during the pandemic. And it says, but in spite of that, many savers managed to close out the year with a decent amount in savings. It said this especially holds true for savers in their 60s. The median retirement plan balance at the end of 2020 for 60-somethings was $596,000. That's the median which means that despite the pandemic, a lot of the near retirees are actually in decent shape. If, again, that's almost $600,000. To be clear, the figure is based on a single survey. But why did retirement plans fare so well? A lot of times it looks like, despite the downturn in the market last year, that retirement savers, for the most part, stayed the course. They either continued to with the same allocation. So when they left their nest eggs alone, many ended up the year with more money than they started with, even if they had to cut back on new contributions because the market bounced back. The fact that the median retirement savings balance among 60-somethings is close to 600000 At a 4% withdrawal rate during retirement, that amounts to 24000 If you add Social Security of 1800, it's about $42,000 for a typical senior to live on. That's isn't a ton of money, but it's a a, nice income. This is what what, uh, I wanted to address, though. Of course, not all 60-somethings have saved close to $600,000. If that situation you're in, you may need to take steps to boost your savings and to compensate for having less money than you'd like to. So that's an average, which means some 60-somethings have more than 600,000. Right. Yeah, well more than 600000 Some have a lot less. Yep. But some of the options are work longer to boost your 401k uh, and, and delay Social Security. So that's one thing you could do. Another thing, sell a paid-off home and downsize to a less expensive one. Meh. And they say you could even command top dollar for it. We l- relocate to a less expensive part of the country. Here's another thing you can do. <laughs> I don't know These if I are, like that option. Yeah, no kidding. No, those yeah. are, but they are options and things that I guess well, if you if haven't you, saved enough, you should consider, especially when working longer. You think about that, that for a lot of clients, a lot of people we know, they're at the peak of their career. They, their check clears. They're respected by their peers. 
And I think that's, and they know the history of the company. Mm-hmm. We had one guy, I remember Joe, that used to call in. He was a client of ours for a long, long time, worked into his 80s because they wouldn't, he was an engineer. He knew about the company and they wouldn't let him retire for the most part. They said, you want Fridays off? We'll give you Fridays off. You want Mondays off? Mondays. You want to work They won't part-time? let him retire. <laughs> but I'm 80. I'm getting tired. That was, I think he actually lasted till he was 78. Because he just, uh, they just You know, wanted, it's nice to be wanted, Jeff. That's that a good feeling. He, he and he he appreciated that, so he liked that. I mean, they would let him work weekends, you know, or have all weekends off. But this is, I think, a better way to do it. Twenty twenty one retirement plan contribution limits for twenty twenty one. You can put seven thousand dollars if you're fifty plus. So if you're in your sixties and you haven't saved enough, you can put seven thousand dollars into IRAs and Roth IRAs. There's a phase out limit based on income. You can put twenty six thousand dollars into 401ks or 403bs. So that's that's $33,000 a year that you could put away as an individual. Multiply it by two. There's $66,000 a year. If you can afford that. If you can afford that. But a lot of times, and that's, that's a very good point. A lot of times when you reach that age, um, your home is paid off or close to paid off. Your kids are out of college. You know, and either you're you're done paying off those student loans, or you've dumped those on your kids to pay off. Yes. So you may have some extra money. It's a, it's amazing when the last kids leave last kid leaves college, and you write that last check. How you have extra money? You're and speaking so, from experience too. As absolutely. So that children. is always a possibility. Uh, so I want to circle back to the average for in the '60s in America. For retirement is about six hundred some thousand dollars. Is that enough? We'll come back to that. But can we sneak in a call or two? Sure, let's Jeff, do that. Let's do that because we got a break coming up. We've got the boss minute. I haven't mentioned that yet. Aaron Kowal joining us for business owners savings and security. We call it the boss minute. This is the retirement clinic. Let's go to Oak Creek and Dave. Good morning. How can we help? Good. Good morning. Okay, so I've got. A Roth IRA that I've got right now that used to be my 401k for where I used to work. So I've had it as a Roth IRA for over five years. So I believe I can take distributions or withdrawals from that tax-free. Okay. So is it that first of all, that's how old are you? How old are you, Dave? 66. Okay. You don't have to worry about any penalties. Go ahead. Part two. I'm working currently, and I'm going to be changing jobs in maybe a couple of weeks, and I've got a 401k with where I am now. Should I do the same thing? Should I take that 401k and flip it into a Roth IRA so that in another five years I can start taking out from there tax-free, or should I leave it where it is? Those are really good questions. The first part of it is that there is a five-year rule for earnings, not for your principal. So you could take out your principal without penalties to begin with, without penalties, without right. taxes. So you don't have to wait that five years. If you blow through that and have to go through earnings, that's when you have to worry about the five-year rule. The other part of it is, as I think, a pretty good observation on your part, actually a very good one, especially with taxes likely to go up. I would say uh, depending on how much it is, depending what your tax brackets are, if it's $300,000 and you're going to do it all in one year, you might want to watch out for that because you could get, could get hit in taxes even with lower tax brackets now. But I like your idea of paying the taxes now, rolling that into a Roth right now, pay taxes at a lower tax bracket, and have it grow tax-free forever. Anything else, Spitz? Okay, it's only, it's, it's only like 40000 Should uh, I just dump it into cash or should I do the Roth? And I do the Roth conversion. 
I, I do. I drop it into a Roth right away. I, I wouldn't put it into cash. You're still working. You're taking a different job. So presuming you don't need the income, I put that right into another Roth IRA. Thank you for the call, Dave. I yeah, certainly good, appreciate good call. it. Uh, let's get Steve's call in before the break from Richfield. You're on WISN's Retirement Clinic and, of course, WIBA Madison as well. Steve, good morning. Hi, Steve. Good morning. Hey, I'm uh, I'm a CPA, and I just recently took some CPE credits on uh, on retirement plans and stuff that have got me a little concerned and trying to <clears throat> trying to wade through some of this stuff. My my issue is I've been putting uh, the ma- I have my own business, so I've been putting the max amount into my 401k for a number of years. Max meaning max my company matches me 100. percent and so I'm maxed out at the, the total max of employer-employee contribution. So once I took this CPE seminar, I started wondering, hey, am I just getting myself in trouble? My, you know, my mindset is always defer, defer, defer. But I, I'm starting to wonder if I'm going to get myself in a situation where I'm paying more tax when I take it out as opposed to just biting the bullet and take it out now. That's, uh, uh, that's a good observation. Do you have an option for Roth 401ks? I do not, but I was considering, you know, and, and there again, I can I can do some conversions, but then you got to start calculating, okay, if I'm converting to Roth, claiming the income now, yep, uh, you know, you can do it, but are you going to bump yourself into a higher bracket, and then you got to do the whole reanalysis of which bracket's going to be lower, later or yes. now? Well, there are two, two answers to that. First of all, it's good that you're taking those courses, and it's, it's good that you're, you're inspired to ask great questions. <laughs> um, I like the idea of, of paying the taxes. Now, you're talking about deferring it to a higher tax bracket later on. That's not, um, uh, that's not a consideration for you with regard to Roths. There was a study done a few years ago that said that if you're, I think it's seven, between seven and eight years away from using the money, it doesn't matter the tax bracket. So if you're in a higher tax bracket now, you're going to be a lower tax bracket later on. It doesn't matter if you do a Roth conversion because you're always better off having it tax-free. Uh, there was a study, again, several years ago. So I wouldn't worry about the Roth conversion part. And you're right, if you... Uh, 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 if you convert now, you have to pay the taxes on it. Does that make sense? Um, I would still defer. Again, you get the company match. I still think it makes a lot of sense. Um, and again, it's it's the discipline of putting money away on a consistent basis. And that's the hardest thing to get people to do is to put money away on a consistent basis. And Steve, it sounds like you got that down really well. Yeah, good start to the show. Busy start. We do have to take a break, Steve. I hope that helped off the air. If people have questions, contact and reach out to the Kowal Investment Group. Their number, 262-522-4040. Our number here at WISN, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's open right now in the Retirement Clinic, 414-799-1130. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. Starting a new business or selling your business amid the pandemic may seem like a risky idea. However, according to Yelp data, the company has seen nearly a half million new businesses listed on its platform in the U.S. during the coronavirus pandemic. While it is true that some businesses have faced hardship and struggled to stay open or even made the difficult decision to close indefinitely, others have found opportunity. Employee identification number application rates were higher in 2020 than they were in 2019. And the Wall Street Journal has reported that Americans are starting new businesses right now faster than ever in the past decade. 
In fact, many industries are experiencing a surge in business. For example, cleaning services, delivery services, landscaping, home remodeling, self-care, and more have seen an increase in demand for goods and services. This is good news for those looking to start a business and even those looking to sell their business. As some doors close, others have opened. If you're a business owner in a high-demand industry and considering retiring from your business, now may be the perfect time as many are looking for new opportunities while the demand is hot, financing is available, and interest rates are low. If you need help getting started on the sale of your business, give our office a call at 262-522-4040 or visit us at thekowalway.com. That is Aaron Kowal, today's Boss Minute, Business Owner Savings and Security. That is a weekly feature on the Retirement Clinic. Welcome back and thanks for joining us with Jeff Kowal and Aaron Spitzner. I'm Paul Cronforst. You can chime in at any time throughout the hour. We took several calls to open the show on retirement questions, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 799-1130. Aaron's got a topic, insights gained by creating a retirement plan. First off, that's a good title. And I think yeah, you came up it, with this yourself. No, I didn't come up with it. I'm not that smart. I didn't come up with this on my own. But it's a it, it's a great article. It caught my attention right away because oftentimes, you, you know, you sit down with somebody for the first time, you go through the whole planning process, and then you put together that plan. And a lot of times it's, I didn't know this, I didn't know that, and, and, it, and it, you know, needs to be addressed. And so, you know, this article was put together by a group called New Retirement um, it's a website out there that does a, a lot of blogs about retirement planning. And they had asked, they put a survey out on their Facebook page about, uh, to all their readers and followers about what are some of these items that you've identified, uh, as, as a good insight, uh, after you've created your retirement plan. So they put a list together of 19 different things. Now we're not going to get through all 19 today. I'd be happy if we got through maybe four or five. I'd be here till four this yeah, afternoon. we'd be here for a while and we'd lose a lot of listeners if I went through all 19. So. <laughs> well, we don't want that, Aaron. <laughs> we'll keep it to what I think are some of the more important ones. Right. Um, and really the first one that's out there that uh, that's listed is uh, retirement taxes are a big deal. Again, similar to a bunch of the calls that we just got. Uh, so again, it's, it's very top of mind with a lot of people. And uh, by the way, just teasing, coming up in the show, Jeff is going to address taxes. Just... He's a little steamed. Oh, wealth tax. <laughs> yeah, wealth tax, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so retirement taxes are a big deal. What do we mean by that? A lot of people already retired or planning retirement come to the realization that trying to estimate future taxes and making a plan to minimize these ex- this expense can go a long way to preserving their assets. In fact, tax insights were the lesson most people mentioned uh, when putting together this list of uh, you know, what they realized from creating that retirement uh, cash flow analysis or, or cash flow plan. Uh, so what I mean by that is retirement cash flow analysis, which we put together for all of our clients, it helps you see your tax liability projected each year all the way into the future. It enables you to see where you might want to minimize your income, make some withdrawals more strategically, or optimize when you start Social Security, or even look at when you want to do some of those Roth conversions and some of those lower tax years uh, to save on taxes. So again, just a a big item there is taxes and minimizing them throughout retirement. Um, Did you say minimize income in that sentence? Yeah, you know, there might be some years where you want to watch how much you're you're bringing in. Maybe if a spouse yeah. is still working uh, part time or or full time, and you have the option to maybe you're you, maybe you're looking at buying a car. 
maybe you'll hold that off a year until income is a little lower. Uh, so you kind of put off buying that car and taking from the IRA. Yeah, the tax implications from uh, the from that income you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, so you can kind of strategically plan your income around some of these items, and that's what that cash flow analysis lays out for you. Uh, another one here, Roth IRAs are a powerful savings vehicle. Uh, this reader emphasized, again, in all caps with three exclamation points, the power of saving into a Roth. Uh, she said, failing to plan is planning to fail. Save the max you can, and if younger, take advantage of the Roth IRA. Anytime somebody puts in all caps and then three exclamation points, it's like they're shouting. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. You, you got to be careful who you do that to in emails as yes. well. They may look at it as if you're getting a little aggressive and shouting at them. But sometimes you're just trying to make a point. Exactly. You know? In this situation, this person really liked the Roth IRA and, and paying the tax now and letting that grow in their retirement accounts. So when they take that money out, they have that option to pull from th- those tax-free funds. There's a couple ways you can do it. We covered a lot on the show. You can put in your traditional Roth uh, 401k. You can convert your money to a Roth IRA. You can also make contributions into that Roth. So a couple different ways uh, to get your money into the Roth. Here's a big one. This is number three. How high income, or excuse me, how high retirement income from RMDs and other sources increase your Medicare premiums? Uh, again, this is another item that people have were. Re- they didn't realize it exists prior to putting together this retirement cash flow analysis. And this is number three on the list. So I, I'm a little naive with regard to this. Medicare premiums can fluctuate according to your RMDs and other income? According to your income, yes. Yep. And a lot of people are, especially those that have done a great job of, of saving. And Spitz is actually very good at a cash flow analysis that he does that takes a look at the taxes. And it's amazing how the taxes go up dramatically at age 72 when you're required to take required minimum distributions. So now you're forced to take money out and Medicare premiums are based on your income and you're forced with higher incomes because you have to take your So that premium is going to jump you're yes. saying. Yeah, so here it says the very highest earners will pay over $5,000 more for their Medicare than the lowest. Annually? Yep. That's a lot. Yeah, so something to just keep yeah. in mind when planning out that tax, or excuse me, the cash flow into retirement. Of course, Medicare is first eligible at age 65, correct? Correct. correct. Yep. Okay. So then we get into more kind of lifestyle type items. So lifestyle choices can be challenging. I thought this one was interesting. Retirement Insights are not always about money. Mike said, I learned that I will have many negotiations with family members about where to live, how to spend money, and how to allocate the free time uh, that that will become available by not working 50-plus hours a week as I have for the last 33 years. <laughs> so kind that's, of bargaining for his time. That's really a good observation, too, because wow. people have to be ready to retire. You have to know what your plans are going to be in retirement, whether it's travel or grandkids or golfing and for some people, there's only so much of the, the Don't you want to certain things that they can wean do. yourself off, Jeff. Is you're doing 55 hours a week. In other words, you're working very hard for 33 years. That'll be part time for me. It's <laughs> oh. <laughs> he works 24 seven, right? <gasps> yes. As far as I know, I don't know when Jeff doesn't work. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it just boom, you're done, just like that, and you got all this free time. That can be good, but there's some ramifications that can happen as well. Yeah, there's another one in here, and I'm trying to kind of fast forward to it because it makes sense. There's one here that where somebody says that they basically, they're fine with just continuing to work um, and that they. But not at 55 hours a week. You can, well, Yeah, not. Uh, this person said, I never want to retire. What they found by doing the cash flow analysis is that 
Um, they they find it, it it's too stressful. They enjoy working right now. Why not continue to work? I think Jeff would. Wouldn't you say you fall into that category? You well, love what you do. Absolutely, and you know I'm able to travel as much as we want. We're able to spend time in Phoenix as we want, because especially with uh, all the remote uh, capabilities of doing business down there. And I don't work twenty four seven. I like, but if you can fit that into your schedule and work with people that you love, why why not continue to work? It's a delicate balance, of course, right? Yeah, yeah it keeps you mentally, physically, intellectually, and socially engaged. And I think that's the big part. This this social aspect for some people if they if they leave work um what are they going to do for the hobbies which we talk about with a lot of our clients is okay what are you going to do when you retire you mean i got to stay at home with my wife all day you know that is an issue paul and not necessarily for the guy that's retired it's for the for the wife, wife that's home <laughs> you're going to be home all the time i think oh that's my one goodness he's around the retire. house all the time it's driving me nuts and, and since we're on the topic of spouses here's another good oh. one here uh, don't leave the planning to your spouse. Again, this is the list that, that was created by, by the readers who put together a retirement plan. They says, Kelly learned another hard lesson. Uh, I learned that not being involved in the finances, my husband does it, and he did it for the lifetime of their marriage. Uh, she learned that that's, that's stupid. Everyone should know the status of the numbers. Uh, it is not pleasant to think about, but the reality, the reality is that one spouse is going to outlive the other, and the surviving spouse is going to have to take over the financial plans. Yeah, that is a, that is a fact of life. Yeah, and there are two parts to that, too, because there's the one spouse that generally is better at it. So why not let the other spouse handle that financial part of it? But what you're saying, Spitz, is the second part of it, that you don't want to be ignorant of it. You, you want to make sure that you're at least aware. They need to be of aware of accounts and, and who to talk to. If there's an advisor, I mean, this is what you guys do with your clients, I'm yes. sure, right? Yes. Okay, maybe... Maybe the missus is doing the finances, or maybe he is. Whatever the case, whoever is not doing it needs to be aware of who to talk to when the other person passes. Yeah, just the, the other spouse, you know, it might be a strength, so I take away that strength, but be aware of it. So Can't believe I said the missus and the wife both in the yeah, same I'm, show. <laughs> God, I'm old. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the uh, just a few more here. Uh, saving is the easy part. Planning for retirement is the hard part. So it, it's probably one of those things like when you're in it, right, when you're saving for it, when we talk about adding those additional contributions to your account, it seems like, well, how can I manage to, to you know, take that additional cash flow away from me and put it into my 401k or make that contribution to the IRA? Uh, I could really use that money right now. Uh, but what these uh, retirees are saying is that planning the retirement is actually the hard part. Uh, so putting money into retirement fund is relatively straightforward, but planning when and how to take the money out in retirement without heavy taxation is much more complicated. Um, these insights are true. It is, it is kind of like, oh, this is an interesting scenario. I found this one interesting here. It's kind of like when you see a stressed out parent with a toddler in a full meltdown mode. You feel bad for the parents. However, if you have kids and you've survived the teenage years, you almost want to tell the young parents, that the tantrums are easy compared uh, compared to the years to come. <laughs> <laughs> Things just get more complicated as kids get older. This uh, happened to us in church last Sunday. A family had big time issues with their two little ones next to us. Dawn leans over and with our masks on, of course, she whispers, remember those days? Thank God we're not them anymore. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you always think that you're the only ones. No, you're not. Everybody, every parent has to go through that. Yep. Right? The tantrums at the terrible twos. And then, of course, the teenagers. Well, get ready. Yeah, thanks. 
<laughs> Spitzner, you fall into that category. Yep. Yeah. But it's fun. Yeah, Enjoy so every minute of it. Just put it in the perspective. You know, that's one yes. of those things, like I mentioned with the savings. Then I'll just wrap it up with one more here. Pension holders are lucky. I think we're all well aware of that. But it's one realization a lot of people have is that those with the pensions um, are very fortunate to have it. And especially if it's from a stable uh, source or company, that is something that they don't have to think about very often. Uh, and if somebody has a pension and social security, uh, they don't have to worry as much about market volatility, uh, the preservation of their funds, uh, because they're just getting that uh, that steady, consistent income each and every month. Uh, so, again, that's one of those uh, observations realized about a financial plan is when you're relying 100% on your portfolio, it can be a little bit more stressful. There's ways to counteract that. You could look at things like... Um, Lifetime annuities where you basically hand off the money to the insurance company and they give you uh, a steady income on a monthly basis until you and your spouse die. Aaron Spitzner, insights gained by creating a retirement plan here on the Retirement Clinic. Jeff's going to come back and talk about taxing the wealthy. I had, that's another subject, but I had one more thing that Aaron Kowal mentioned to me about your situation, well, what you're talking about, the screaming kid. He said the days go by slowly but the years go by quickly they do they really and do it's amazing you think that this time is never going to end and it just goes by because so, you know each day you're praying to get to the next but day when you're in church you feel like all the eyes are just boring into the back of your head yeah, and everybody's right. talking about you they're really not that happens to every that's family absolutely and it seems like oh my gosh this is horrible and then all of a sudden they're 18 and they're you're gonna miss them because they're out of the house that's right so spitzner enjoy these days <laughs> thanks, thanks guys that's yes. a lesson to be learned senator warren's wealth tax could be good for investors that's coming up next. It's so convoluted. This You're going to be interested in hearing this. It is the topic of the day for the sexy segment. That's coming up next as we continue with Aaron, uh, with Aaron Spitzner. I almost said Aaron Kowal. Aaron Spitzner and Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist here in WISM Milwaukee and WIBA Madison. Oh, yeah, we're back. Sexy, sexy music, sexy segment. And today, in general, Jeff Kowal, this is the Retirement Clinic, Aaron Spitzner, Jeff Kowal, wealth management and preservation. But each week you tweak it with a different topic, and something's got you a little hacked off today. Well, it's a little bit. Uh, this show is for everybody. This particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. What we try to do is once you've accumulated some wealth, how do you preserve it? grow it, take income from it, and pass it on to your heirs. And that's one of the things that we try to do at the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. But, there, but Barron's had an article, I think it was this week or last week, and it's titled, Why Senator Warren's Wealth Tax Could Be Good for Investors. It said the richest 100,000 families, this is Matthew Klein is the author of this, Richest 100,000 American families hold $16 trillion in assets, and Senator Elizabeth Warren and some of her fellow Democrats want to tax a fraction of that. That's what 
gets me right away. It's just going to be a tiny fraction. You know, so why would you even worry about it? And it's for the richest people. So I'm already getting off the subject here. Know, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> and it says, and her colleagues would uh, have these ultra-rich households pay the government 2% yearly carrying fee on any wealth above $50 million, with a 1% surcharge applied to any wealth above a billion dollars. So 2% of anything over $500 million, $50 million, over $50 million. 2% on $50 million and 1% surcharge. And, and that should be your first clue. It never stops at $50 million. But I'll go on with the article. The first $50 million of each household's net worth, about $5 trillion of the $16 trillion, uh, would be exempt from the fee, but then $50 million after that. I was, uh, I was initially skeptical, skeptical of taxing wealth rather than income when Warren first proposed doing so in 2019. This is the author. I was persuaded that most investors and society at large, it's not their business, would benefit from the proposed levy. Here's how. First, by raising the hurdle rate that the wealthy Americans need uh, to earn on their investments, the tax could encourage a productive reallocation of capital. It's none of their business. What I do with my capital is none of their business. That is correct. But they're saying that well, if you're going to put a 2% tax on it, right now, uh, once you, the, they're saying that the ultra rich don't take risk instead by trillions of dollars of safe bonds and deposits. The, the proposed tax might encourage those ultra rich savers to real, reallocate into their higher yielding risky assets. Why is it, like, like you said before, none of the government's it's business, business, what I do with my money? Yeah, they've gotten to that point. Or what I buy or invest in. But that's, they're saying that that'll be good for investments because the tax will encourage them to get out of treasury bonds and things like that and, and move money into to things that are more risky and will create jobs and things like that. They must have created thousands and thousands of jobs just to get to the point where they are. It says, ideally, the proposed tax would generate a similar response among the ultra-rich. A 2% to 3% tax would be much less painful for someone earning 15% a year than that someone would be for earning 4% a year. So they're telling them, you guys should take more risk. You should make 15% instead of 4% on your money. The people they're telling them to do it never worked a day, never worked at a job, never created wealth, and now they're telling somebody else how they should be investing their People money. People that have been in government for 47, 48 years, their entire life. Yes. So it, 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 this... So anyway, they said that these people should be doing this. Somebody with a billion dollars are telling somebody how they should be doing it. Second potential benefit of proposed taxes is that it could broaden the universe of investable assets for American savers. Some of the country's biggest companies, including the Koch Industries, Cargill, Fidelity, Bloomberg, others aren't listed on a stock exchange because they're privately held. Some critics say that makes the proposed tax bill too difficult to administer. But that argument is backwards. If owners of illiquid assets don't have enough cash on hand to pay the tax or simply disagree with it, they could just sell something, sell shares of something to come up with the tax. <laughs> this, is just, this is nuts. This is just insane by giving some shares, and they could just give shares to the Treasury. And then the government would then keep the shares because it wouldn't keep the shares because it isn't a portfolio manager, but it would auction them off to the highest investors. Finally, the proposal would lead to better data. The government can't tax net wealth it doesn't know about. 
And that's, you know, it's all, it's, it's intrusive. It's intrusive. I think like all taxes, the pros tax is a form of theft. This is, I think this is the, the, the big, the biggest takeaways I get from this. It never ends. Uh, who, who doesn't think that if they start at, f- at 50 million, that they're going to say, well, we just didn't generate enough re- revenue. You got it. From the fifth. So we're going to drop it to 5 million or we'll and, drop and, it to 500. And it never 000. goes away. That tax will never That's go right. away. That, that we'll drop it down to those with five million because really, how many people have five million? Well, we'll d- drop it to people with a million dollars. So then, you know, how many people really have a million dollars? And really, if you just take two percent, they're not going to care or miss it anyway. No, you're That's, taking away my incentive to try to save yeah. and have a million dollars or two or whatever it is. Yes. So it's going to take it away anyway. Or else the flip side of that, they're going to say, well, it works so well with this. We're just to expand it because, and that's what, that's how it always happens. That first of all, they're not going to change people that if they think they're going to change the behavior of billionaires by taxing them, they will. They're going to find ways to avoid the tax. That's right. That's what they're going to do. They're not going to try and take additional risk. They'll find ways to avoid paying the taxes or hide money or do something else or take the money overseas. So they are going to get, so this is this whole article. And if it's a corporation, we mentioned Foxconn earlier in this show, Jeff, they're just going to leave. They're going to, yes. like you said, they're going to just leave, go to go overseas. Yeah. So this is just, so that's just, a, you know, the, the, by trying to, t- and Spitz, you had an, ob- an observation too. I thought it was pretty good. Well, then uh, I, you, this came up in conversation on, uh, I think it was like CNBC. They said, has any nation ever been taxed into prosperity? Well, let that settle in. Yeah. Has any nation been taxed into prosperity? Yeah, I, I can't name one. Yeah, it doesn't happen. You, you drain the wealth of the, the big producers in the country. Now it, it's a trickle down effect, like yeah. Reagan talked about. Now, now they're not going to hire employees. Now the employees are going to suffer. But then you get onto this. You tax the wealth here. Then you say, well, that was easy enough. Let's start taxing when they die. You know, you have a, a wealth. You have an exemption. Let's start taxing wealth more once you pass away. Right now, there's a twelve million dollar exemption. About twelve million, twenty four million for. For two people, and because that's money that's already been taxed to get into the wealth, it's been taxed ordinary income tax, state income tax, all different types of taxes to get to develop this wealth in the first place. Uh, so now you're taxing it again once somebody dies. Or you, now the cynic in me would say, "Are we really surprised that the Biden administration is going to be taxing us more?" With Really, total democratic control, Jeff. They can pass through almost anything they want. Right, and they're, they're they will. And we're naive to think that they're not going to do absolutely everything that AOC and Schumer and all those guys want to do, uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren. They're going to do everything that all of them want to do. So we just have to be mindful of it. And that's why, again, I think that uh, Spitzer does a great job that we try to project uh, what the tax situations might be. We try to reduce your taxes now if we can. We try to also reduce them in the future by doing Roth conversions and other things to make sure that your taxes will be less in the future. Uh, when you when you hit 72, when you hit, uh, if there are different times that you can spread the tax or have different types of tax uh, taxes. Now Spencer just said something that I have to pass along. As long as they don't trip over their own feet, I'll just let that settle in. That was pretty pretty low blow, Spencer, but pretty funny actually. If you saw the video of <laughs> oh, poor yeah. President oh, yeah. Biden tripping up the stairs, not just once, not twice, but three yeah, times. Yeah, nobody likes to see that. And, well, and our of president. course they don't. But when Trump walked down the, uh, oh yeah, don't get me that's, yes, that's he did, right. He held a glass with two hands. Something's wrong with them. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah. Well, you, you say there there's some hypocrisy there? I don't, I don't <laughs> just see Just a little. It. Just a little. It. And I'm pointing it out because nobody else is going to point it out, right? That's why we listen to shows like this, The Retirement Clinic, and of course, WISN and WIBA. We will be right back with Jeff Kowal and Aaron Spitzner. Stay tuned. Spitzner, you had to pick out the music for today's retirement. Oh, I knew clinic. you were gonna. I knew you were gonna <laughs> spot that one sooner or later. You're I, a country boy. Ah, yeah. I, a good artist right there. Deep, deep, who was that? Eric Church. Oh, it was. Come on, you okay, know that. Well, if you like Eric Church, please watch he and Lizzie Hale, the rock band Hailstorm, perform a song together at the CMA. It was several years ago. Just YouTube it. Eric Church, Lizzie Hale. You spell it L Z Z Y. It's outstanding. Yeah, it's like this Joan Jett of rock and roll, a rocker with him, and it works. And he did the, uh, how was it, the uh, national anthem at the Super Bowl? I think he did. The, he had the guitar going. Yep. Yeah, yep. it was good. Uh, yeah, yeah, he is good. Good call today. Yeah. <laughs> Not just good music, but good insight on your retirement. Jeff, we touched on a lot today. We took some great questions off the air. If people want to reach out, the Kowal Investment Group, which is headquartered in Waukesha, but also up in Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, Racine, where Spitzner works with that beautiful view of Highway 20. Yeah. And uh, it's the same phone number for all locations, Jeff, 262 262- Five two two forty forty. That's right. And uh, on our website, you can see that uh, for AT and T employees, current employees, if you're close to retirement, you have to take a look at the changes that are going on. Uh, they're they're changing in the way they subsidize. They're not going to have a subsidy for retirement uh, health insurance, retirees health insurance. If you retire after twelve thirty one of this year. So you have to be mindful of that. They're also changing the way that they calculate the pensions for AT&T retirees. Be mindful of that. And finally, they're changing, among other things, they're changing the the amount of life insurance that you have for retirees. So uh, we're very active with that. We've got hundreds of AT&T clients, uh, uh, current employees, and retirees as clients of ours. So if that fits you, if you're an AT&T Current employee, take a look at, at Kowal Investment Group, thekowalway.com. We're going to do, we did the webinar this last week that was very well received, and we're doing another one at the end of April, beginning of May. Uh, so watch the website, thekowalway.com, for information on that. Yeah, these are no charge, obviously. They're free, they're complimentary. Yeah, we'll say nice things about you, complimentary. And that too. <laughs> Monday through Monday through Friday. If, uh, again, the business reports, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock, news blocks on WISN in Milwaukee, on the Belling Show, and 455 on WIBA in Madison. If you have $750,000 or more in retirement assets, are close to or already in retirement, give our office a call. Also, go online. We're on Facebook. Twitter, LinkedIn, 
everything else, all social media. All social media covered. But really, if you go to your website, that's the home base. It's, that's everything's right. linked up, thecowalway.com. And we contact you. Heather is great at getting back to you. So if you'd like initial consultation, if you're close to already in retirement, if you're serious about your retirement planning, we, we care deeply about your success. So give our office a call or go to thecowalway.com. Great show today. Aaron Spitzner, thank you for... Yeah. Your contributions and being here. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Jeff Kowal, thank you so much. Have a great weekend, guys. Thanks, Thanks. you too. Uh, Stay tuned, folks. News coming up. A great weekend forecast next on WISM Milwaukee.